It's wheat harvest on the farm and everyone is busy, busy, busy. I'm making a meal to share with the farmers and keep them fueled and happy for the days ahead. Yay! They'll love my cheesy ham, spinach, and potato pizzas, wheat crust, of course, a tangy tomato basil mint salad with wheat berries, and roasted rhubarb with coconut pudding for dessert. And they showcase my little harvest this year, the rhubarb. Hey, this is me, Molly A. I'm a cookbook author and food blogger. This is my husband, Nick. And this is our home, our farm on the North Dakota-Minnesota border. The place where I eat, sleep, and breathe food. My food is a delicious mix of my Chinese and Jewish heritage and a taste of the Midwest. Wheat harvest is in full swing on the farm. Nick and the other farmers are in their combines collecting the wheat. Then everything gets dried and stored in our gigantic grain silos. It's awesome. We're celebrating the end of wheat harvest with a dinner for all of the hardworking farmers. For dessert, I am making coconut pudding with roasted rhubarb. It's creamy and custardy and it has a crunchy hazelnut crust. We have a beautiful rhubarb patch in our backyard that just pops up every spring. Everybody on the farm can't remember a time when the rhubarb patch wasn't there. So I'm gonna put it onto my rimmed baking sheet here. And I want my baking sheet to be rimmed because as this roasts, it'll get pretty juicy. And I wanna hold on to those juices because those in addition to the rhubarb will make a great topping for my pudding. And now I'm gonna to top it with three quarters of a cup of sugar. And then I'm gonna add the zest of a lemon. The sourness of the lemon will enhance that tangy quality of the rhubarb flavor. I'm also gonna add a tablespoon of vanilla. It goes really nicely with this. And then a few pinches of salt to bring out all of these flavors. Now I'll just toss this to combine. So wheat harvest is kind of a community effort. Every year, Nick and his dad will go and help a neighboring farmer with their wheat harvest. And then when they're done with that, the neighboring farmers come on over to help with our harvest. And whoever's harvesting will traditionally host a dinner. So I'm doing my part. Okay, this is all combined. I'm just gonna grab some foil to cover this up. I'm gonna roast this at 325 for 20 minutes covered and then for 15 minutes uncovered. While the rhubarb roasts, I'll get started on my hazelnut crust. This crust is fast and flavorful. I'm gonna start with a cup of roasted hazelnuts. You can use any nut for this, but whatever nut you use, make sure that they're roasted or toasted. It'll bring out their flavors. And I'll sweeten it with a quarter cup of sugar and a pinch of salt to let the flavors pop. And now I'm gonna blend this to a coarse crumb. Pretty much just like a really coarse flour is what you're looking for. Okay, next I'm gonna bring it all together with coconut oil. I like this because it's solid at room temperature and so it'll help the crust stay together. Three tablespoons will do the trick. I'm gonna pulse this a few times just to bring everything together. When it all starts coming together in larger clumps, that's how I know it's ready. I can also taste it to make sure that there's enough salt. Oh. That's delicious. All right, now I have my serving glasses here. One of the reasons why I love this dessert so much is because it can all be prepped in the serving glass the day before and then it can be ready to go. And now I'm gonna distribute my crust evenly amongst my eight serving glasses. All right, now I have my muddler here and I'm going to press down my crust all over the bottom of the glasses. If you don't have a muddler, you can use the back of a spoon or a rolling pin or your hands. These are looking great. Now these can just hang out while I check on my rhubarb. It smells so nice and fruity and a little bit floral. All right, I can just uncover this and then I'm gonna stick it back in the oven uncovered and that'll help get some of that roasty flavor. 
is an underrated dessert. This coconut pudding is so good, it's gonna go on top of my hazelnut crust and then it's gonna be topped with my roasted rhubarb. To get started, I'm gonna make a slurry with cornstarch. I'll get a third of a cup of cornstarch, about half a cup of coconut milk. I wanna whisk it really well. Okay, that's looking great. I'm gonna add a tablespoon of vanilla. Vanilla and coconut are a great pair. And then I'm also gonna add three quarters of a teaspoon of coconut extract, just to enhance that coconut flavor. I'm also gonna add three quarters of a teaspoon of rose water. I'm gonna whisk this again to combine. And now I'll set this aside while I mix up my remaining coconut milk. And I'll pour them right into my saucepan. And then I'm gonna sweeten it with half a cup of sugar and then a couple of pinches of salt. And I'm gonna bring it to a simmer. So this particular pudding is my take on the Middle Eastern dessert Malabi, which is a milk pudding. And it's typically topped with shredded coconut and crunchy nuts. And so my variation has moved the nuts away from the topping and into the crust. My coconut milk and sugar have just about come to a simmer. And now I'm gonna drizzle in my cornstarch slurry and this will thicken my pudding. I wanna drizzle it in as I continue to whisk to make sure that the cornstarch gets distributed evenly. Oh, this is gonna be so good. I can feel that it's thick. I can see that the whisk is leaving some trails. That's how I know it's ready. Okay, I'm gonna pour this back into my big measuring cup because this will help me pour it into my serving glasses. Oh, look at how beautiful and thick this is. Oh, looks so good. I'm very excited to eat this. These look perfect. Okay, I'm gonna let these set now in the fridge. They should set for at least four hours or they can go overnight. Okay, I think my rhubarb is ready to come out of the oven now. This is beautiful. I'm gonna let this cool and then I'll spoon it over my pudding. My coconut pudding is set and my roasted rhubarb has cooled and now I'm just spooning the rhubarb over the top for the third layer in my dessert. Look at these three beautiful layers, the hazelnut crust and the coconut pudding and that pink roasted rhubarb, so pretty. And they showcase my little harvest this year, the rhubarb. Hello. Hey. So I came out here to get some wheat berries because I want to blend it into flour for our pizza crust. Okay then. Yeah. I think this will be just enough. All right, thanks. See ya. It's wheat harvest. And no joke, if you walk into the wheat fields, they smell like pizza. So it's only fitting that I make pizzas for our harvest dinner. And my ham and potato pizza has everything that hardworking farmers need, meat and potatoes. I'm gonna start with a simple pizza dough, but it's gonna be extra special because I'm gonna grind some of Nick's wheat berries into whole wheat flour. And I'm gonna mill it right here in my blender. If you don't have fresh wheat berries from the farm out back, you can just use whole wheat flour in this recipe. Hey, it looks like whole wheat flour. It smells a little nutty like whole wheat flour. All right, now I'm gonna add two thirds of a cup of this to my bowl. Now I'm gonna add one and a third cups of all-purpose flour because otherwise if I just use this whole wheat flour, the pizza dough would be way too dense and chewy. I'll also add a teaspoon of sugar and then a teaspoon of kosher salt, half a teaspoon of instant yeast, and then I'll whisk to combine. I love the nuttiness that the whole wheat flour adds. Such great flavor, especially with the ham and potatoes. This is just gonna be delicious. And now that this is combined, I'll add one cup of lukewarm water. And I'll whisk this in. Let me switch to my spatula. 
It's a no knead dough, so I'll mix it together and once all the flour is incorporated, I'll cover it and let it rise for at least an hour and a half or it could go overnight. This is gonna be a really nice flavorful crust. This dough is looking great. Now I have my two rounds of parchment paper, which will help me transfer my pizzas to my pizza peel and into the oven. And I'm gonna flour them liberally because this is a very wet dough. I'm gonna flour the top of this too and make it easier to handle. And now I'll divide it in half. Oh, it's so soft. Now I'm shaping this into a ball, which will help me flatten it into a nice round circle. Mm, smells like pizza dough. And I'll roll these out into 12 inch circles. I like using one of these small rolling pins to give me more control. And if the dough feels like it's getting too sticky, I'll dust with a little more flour. And I'm just working from the center outwards until it's about 12 inches in diameter. These look great. Now, the first thing I like to do when I'm topping my pizza is brush it with some olive oil. It helps the crust get a little bit of a crunchy exterior and brush it all over. Now it's time to top. I've prepped all of my toppings in advance. Thinly sliced garlic, lots of garlic, and some shallots, fresh mozzarella, just tear it into chunks and sprinkled with a little bit of salt. And this gets really melty, so I don't wanna go too overboard on the mozzarella. Now my spinach. And now I'll scatter my ham all over. I love these nice big pieces of ham. And lastly, some rainbow fingerling potatoes sliced super thin. I wanna be careful not to overlap them so that they can get evenly cooked and thoroughly cooked as well. I don't wanna have any raw potatoes on my pizza. These look beautiful. Now, before I get them in the oven, it's really important to season them with salt and pepper. These potatoes need a little salt to bring out the flavor. Now some black pepper too. Into the oven they go. This is gonna bake now at 475 for 12 minutes. It's gonna be so good. Nick and his dad are hard at work out in the grain bins tending to the wheat berries. So I'm making them a hearty meal to enjoy when they're done. My tomato salad with wheat berries is a star side. It's fresh and sweet with a little bit of heat. To get started, I'm blanching some green beans. I have a pot of heavily salted water that's boiling, and I'm gonna boil them for only four to five minutes. I wanna cook them, but I still want them to have a bite. While these blanch, I will make my dressing. It's a really flavorful lime vinaigrette. First, I'm gonna zest the lime into my bowl, and now I'm gonna juice all three of these limes right into my bowl. Next, I'm gonna add three tablespoons of honey. This will really complement the sweetness of the tomatoes. What I like about this dressing is just how extreme it is. It has a lot of acidity, a lot of nice sweetness, a little bit of heat. Now I'll add two tablespoons of sherry vinegar. Sherry vinegar has a nice dark caramelly quality that's gonna complement the lime really nicely. Now I'll add one teaspoon of salt and some pepper. And then I'm also gonna use my zester here to grate in a clove of garlic. This is an easy way to get garlic into a dressing because sometimes when you finely chop it, you still have those big pieces of garlic in it. Now I'll whisk this together and I'll also grab my olive oil. Now as I whisk, I'm gonna drizzle in about half of a cup of olive oil and I wanna whisk it continuously and vigorously so that it can all emulsify and thicken. I'm getting whiffs of lime as I whisk this. Okay, this is looking and smelling great. I need to check on my green beans now. I don't wanna overcook them. 
just use my spider here to transfer my green beans to an ice bath so that it stops the cooking. I want my green beans to still be bright and green. And so the ice bath will help achieve that. These are perfect. I'm gonna grab the rest of my vegetables now. I've got a red onion, a jalapeno, and a bunch of different kinds of tomatoes. I'm gonna start by slicing my red onion. I'll just thinly slice this. All of the lime juice and vinegar in my vinaigrette, they're kinda gonna pickle my onion, so they'll soften it and make the flavor a little bit more mellow. All right, and then I'll slice my jalapeno. Gonna remove the seeds so it's not too spicy. And then I'll chop up all of my tomatoes. I have a couple of Roma tomatoes here. I'll just dice these up. I love these little cherry tomatoes. They pack so much sweetness. I eat them right off the vine from the garden. This is gonna be so tasty. Okay, whew, that was a lot of tomatoes. I'm gonna drain my green beans now. They are so bright, thanks to that ice bath. Now I'll toss everything together. Oh, these colors are so pretty. Now I have a bunch of fresh basil and mint that I'll just tear into this, and that'll just add to the freshness. I love basil so much, and I can only have it when I grow it in my garden. During the winter up here, for some reason, we could just never get it. And tearing these herbs will release their flavor even more. Gorgeous. Now this is a beautiful salad on its own, but I'm gonna serve it on a bed of wheat berries for more texture, and because the wheat berries are just gonna soak up all the flavor of the dressing. Now I'm ready for my wheat berries. These are wheat berries directly from the farm that I've boiled, and I love them. They're such a good, hearty grain, and I like making a big batch at the beginning of the week and keeping them in the fridge to toss in salads and to have with grain bowls. They're really good. I'm essentially making a gigantic grain bowl with this dish. It's so trendy. And these are from the farm, but you could easily find them at any grocery store. Okay, I'm gonna spread these around my serving platter and then I'm gonna make a well in the center where all my vegetables will go. I'll use my slotted spoon to put the vegetables right on top of my wheat berries. Oh, this is so gorgeous. Beautiful. I've got a lot of dressing left at the bottom of my bowl that I'm gonna spoon all over the wheat berries and they'll just soak up all of that flavor. For the finishing touch, I'll sprinkle on some flaky salt. I'll add a really nice crunch. I'm gonna sneak a taste. Mm, mm. I love how hearty and chewy those wheat berries are. They are perfect with these bright vegetables. I think the farmers are really gonna go crazy for this. Mmm, I can smell those ham and potato pizzas. I bet they're ready. <gasps> these are stunning, and I just got a whiff of garlic and potato. I cannot wait to eat these. To finish these off, I'll add some shavings of salty Parmesan right on the hot pizzas. This is starting to get a little melty already. And I'll add some chopped parsley for a pop of freshness. And lastly, some crushed red pepper for a touch of heat. This looks and smells amazing. This is taking pizza night to a whole nother level. Straight from the field and into our valleys. You want one here, Olivia? Yeah. Happy end of harvest, everybody. You did it! Congratulations! <laughs> Dig in, fill up your plates. All right. All right. Oh, I like that down there. So, Chad, our wheat mm -hmm. is in that pizza. No. That's better than average pizza, right? It's amazing. This one. We met. 
40 years ago Aww. during wheat harvest in 1979. Really, really good. It's really good. I mean, not the pizza. Okay, did you guys save room for dessert? Ooh, yeah. Yes. So this is coconut pudding with hazelnut crust and my little harvest this year from the rhubarb. Oh, I love rhubarb. You get a bite with all three layers. Oh, wow. That's the best way to enjoy this. This is so good. Good. To the harvest. Yeah. Cheers.